Jason, as it is every week, Lee Summit Town Hall is brought to the people by our good friends at Budget Blinds of Lee Summit. Budget Blinds! How can you not like those people? They are, as they say, they're good eggs. They are. They're good eggs, good people. Jason, coming up in just a couple weeks is a really cool event at Budget Blinds of Lee Summit. It is Pillows and Pinot. You get an opportunity to design your own fabric for custom pillows, drapery, Roman shades. You can bring in whatever you want, work with their fancy digital fabric tool, which, by the way, it is pretty fancy. I didn't even know it existed until not that long ago that there were digital fabric tools that you can make your own custom fabric. So you buy a pillow, you pay $50 for the guest, you get the pillow and wine and snacks and all kinds of good stuff. You can bring in like I color swatches or other fabrics or things for matching ideas and just go crazy and make yourself a cool so pillow. It's so like, it's like a wine party and you get something cool for your house when you're done. That is the way it works. Awesome. Can I, can I tell you a little secret? What's that? I was talking to the good folks at Budget Blinds of Lee Summit earlier. Mm -hmm. I think the wife and I, we might get a little uh, sneak peek at the fancy digital about making some pillow fabric. So you're going to get that before the event, which, by the way, it's May 24th, 6 p.m. I might get a a sneak peek. That is very cool. See, these are the advantages of being a big-time media guy like you. That's true. And if you want to join in the Pillows and Pinot event, check out the Facebook page for Budget Blinds of Lee Summit. They've got an event page there. Or you can click on their ad on leaktoleesummit.com and buy your tickets right there. Go see our friends, Budget Blinds of Lee Summit. Tell them Nick and Jason sent you. We're here with Corey McDonald, the senior pastor at New Springs Community Church and founder of the Community Solutions Focus Group. How are you today, Corey? Doing well. How are you? Oh, we're doing great. And also here with Ron Freeman, a leadership consultant and regular panelist on Ruckus, which makes you by far, I think, the, the highest profile uh, media person that we've had on the, the podcast other than myself. He surely exceeds us. Well, that's not that's hard. hard. That's a low hurdle to clear. Well, How are you, Ron? We're, we're in trouble today, but yeah, well, thank you. Welcome to be here. All right. So we wanted to come and we wanted to talk about this community solutions focus group um, as part of sort of our broad look over time at the R7 school district and, and how they're going to address their uh, their equity plans and addressing the achievement gap. So that's kind of where we are today. Um, so I'm going to start with this. Corey, how did this group come together? Uh, well, I was invited to be on the panel of the very first uh, uh, focus group, I guess. They snuck you in with the volunteering and then dragged you right into it. They snuck me in, so I had to do like a really, really quick research, and then when I got on the panel, that's when it all opened up for me. I started to understand what they were talking about, and, and I actually disagreed with their approach. I didn't disagree with the fact that uh, there was an equity achievement gap issue. I, I disagreed with the approach of how they were going to uh, fix it or some of the things that, that came out on how they were going to fix it. So at the end of into that program, some retired teachers who were sitting in the audience liked what I, I had to say, and they, they asked me to consider starting the group. So okay. And and you recently had a, a big uh, first meeting um, yes. held at your church yes. um, and, and had that conversation. So 
Uh, Ron, how did you get involved? Well, actually, I was talking to some friends, retired educators in the district, and they said, you sound a lot like that pastor from uh, New Beginnings, and uh, so I recommended I reach out to him. I did. We sat down and talked a couple of times, and I uh, felt a little bothered. Connection to this message. Working with him is easy. All right. Well, that's good. That's easy. So you just you got like lured in from the side. Exactly. Yeah. And now you're in the middle of this. This, this is what happens when you get all told. This whole very like important work. All right, well, you mentioned approach, and actually that kind of ties into one of the things we wanted to ask. When you uh, launched your, your advertisement or your teaser video, the little short minute and a half video, yeah. one of the very first things you said was, Lee Summit is not racist. And that's yeah. that I, I will couch that as a as an interesting approach to to draw people in. Why did you pick that direction? Well, I picked that direction. It, it, did, it wasn't to draw people in. Actually, it was a Kansas City Star article written about the school district in our in our community and it basically said that our community was racist so i actually went down and, and spoke in front of the city council after that article came out because i didn't hear any rebuttal from our city officials so i went and i spoke in front of the city council and i asked them the same question do you think our city is, is racist and i said i've lived here 19 years um, i've not experienced racism and i don't believe this community is racist so that's why. So it wasn't to draw people in. It was just you know, that, that article came because um, it, it really labeled uh, a city that I think is a really city. I'm investing here. I've got a lot of friends here. I own the business here. My kids are growing up here. Uh, and just have an experience that, that was described. And it was just part So tell me, then, I guess the issue of race has been kind of in all of these conversations, mm-hmm. how do you how do you feel like we do we need to be talking about that? Is that have we focused on the wrong way? What what kind of was your approach there? So I, I absolutely think that we need to have a conversation about race in our community, um, but I think the approach uh, needs to be a little different. I don't believe that you know so so racism or or the conversation about race racism is a very emotional topic. Uh, no one wants to be labeled a racist, so. We've, um, we've noticed that. Yeah, <laughs> you noticed that. So, so the goal is is to cultivate relationships, then talk about the tough issues. If I don't know you and I'm labeling you as a racist because of the color of your skin, um, I've just cut off the conversation. So in order to have a conversation, there has to be two willing parties, uh, and you need, to be, you need to have a subject. And you need to be able to listen to one another as opposed to just, you know, screaming and yelling. Well, then let's let's go back there and to, yeah. to how this group started. You had your first community conversation. Mm-hmm. Uh, well, during while we're recording this, it was last week. But so how did you want to start that? What was the starting point, you think, mm-hmm. for, for, to help have these conversations about the school district and the achievement gaps? Where did you want to start from? So, so I think I think there's there's two different conversations that, that need to be had. So there is an achievement gap in our in our schools, and uh, bias and unconscious bias and, and racism are part of what makes that achievement gap. But there are other uh, uh, issues that make the achievement gap that no one's talking about. We just seem to be having this conversation about race, and I my theory is. If we just have the conversation about the emotional component of what's happening, we're never going to get anywhere. So these other factors are actually bigger factors than just the race part. So there's a socioeconomic issue. There's a uh, the family, you know, what's going on in the home. 
which there are people in our community who don't, who don't believe uh, the family has anything to do with uh, the kids' achievement gap, which is just nonsense. We've we our group we've been working on this since I believe November, and we've done extensive research about what creates and makes up the achievement gap, and the very first two, the main ones that are, that are creating this gap, has to do with your social economic status, and it has to do with what's going on in your home. And I know that to be a fact because, you know, with our church, we have a program that I created called the Ezekiel Project, uh, which we work with um, uh, troubled youth. Um, a lot of these kids are anywhere from 10 years old up to 16 years old. They've gotten in trouble in school. Um, we work with the diversion court, pro the court diversion program, and we created a life skills program for them. So they come to our church. We had 58 kids there just the other day. Um, and a lot of these kids are getting in trouble in school. And then you, you ask them what's going on at home, and it is a really it's, it's, it's mind-boggling to what's going on at home. Uh, either mom is working two jobs, there's either or, or mom is, you know, she's got a boyfriend, not a husband, the dad's not there, or if the dad's there, the dad's not actively involved. There's no consequences given to the kids when they get in trouble. So the structure of the home is not conducive to that of having a kid go out and be able to be successful in school. Because when they go to school, they're, that's their out. They've got all this other stuff going on at home. It is an absolute factor. And then when you, when you tap on uh, or when you add on um, the social economic issues that come along with it, then it's almost impossible. Uh, so I, I, I want it for us and for our community to actually you know, discuss what these real issues are, these other issues that are helping with the achievement gap. But there's a group of people in our community that just want to focus on race. Ron, what drew you um, really into this, and where where do you come from this? Because I mean, you 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 two are different gentlemen, and you have different paths to get where you are. But how did you? What what really attaches to you in this this conversation that that Corey's talking about? Well, I think it's actually <clears throat> excuse me, it's actually the uh, a similar. Uh, response to the article of going back to September of 2018 and reading that and thinking that's not the community that I see here in Lee Summit. And I think fundamentally that the point that provoked me was to think that how do you engage someone in a conversation by saying you're racist, now let's talk. Well, you're kind of done there if that's true. So it's like, okay, and I know a number of people. I've been a substitute teacher here since 2016. I've interacted on pretty much uh, every high school campus here in most of the middle schools and know the teachers and think, boy, if they're racist here, they're very good at hiding themselves and really friendly towards me. So I wanted to get involved. Didn't really have the broader vision like Corey had when he got started in terms of bringing together a, a number of people that would be a part of it, uh, but felt like there was something I wanted to do. And I had a number of conversations that kept saying, you know, well, this Corey McDonald guy, he's talking about organizing a group, you got you to talk to Corey. And once I met him, it was really easy to say, you know what, let's jump in here and let's get together and work for this. So uh, let's let's take your uh, your conversation. So your your intent here, as I understand it, and, and please correct me if I'm um, misstating this in any way, uh, is to is to generate this conversation about the the issues that underlie the achievement gap. Well, well, yeah, we want to generate a conversation, but we also want to uh, work alongside the district to help. Uh, bring some solutions uh, to catching our kids up, you know. So it's not just talk and 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 having a conversation about something, but it's actually uh, putting things together to help work 
so that the kids can be caught up. Because if we just enter into a conversation about race, we're just entering into a conversation about race. You know, so I, I'm the type of person that, you know, I like to give out tools. I like, you know, to make sure that we can do every, whatever we can to make people successful. You just can't do that through a conversation. Yeah, I think one of the real challenges for me, too, is talking to a number of, uh, I would say, peers in the education community here who felt like they had kind of basically been told to shut up. Uh, we don't want to hear your voice. We have a quote-unquote race problem, and you need to deal with that first. And when you take that posture, and I'm a kind of person, I don't like to see people bullied. Uh, so it's like, how do I get involved here to make a difference and, and help them out? Because, so again, I've been in Lee Summit for uh, four years as a resident, been in Kansas City metropolitan area since 1987. And, again, the image that was cast about Lee Summit was really foreign to me because, again, my experience was so dramatically different. Uh, the other thing, too, and it's one of the things I believe very strongly, uh, is that the achievement gap really isn't a lack of equity in education. Because here, to me, equity in education, <clears throat> excuse me, equity in education is simply this. Everybody has the same opportunity. They're given the same materials, presented the same uh content in terms of the curriculum, and they have an opportunity to work within that environment and produce. If you work hard and produce, uh, you're going to be okay, no matter what color your skin is. And I know that, uh, like, you had an African-American young lady or black lady who was um, valedictorian at least Summit West in 2017. Well, in a racist world, that's not going to happen, right? Uh, so the gap is far deeper, and there are more serious issues to deal with first before you even begin to uh, broach on that particular aspect of it. So uh, that's where I look at my energy. It's like, okay, how do we get this thing on task? Because if we stay on the race issue, and again, that's been proven failure, failure, failure. You can go to Minneapolis, you can go to Seattle, uh, you can go throughout the state of Missouri. Locally, uh, there's some schools that have used it, and it doesn't work uh, because, again, you're beating the wrong drum. Well, I want to. I kind of want to needle in on that a, a little bit, and, and something you you brought up, Corey. And if and if I'm reading this wrong, tell me. But it, but you had you had mentioned just a second ago that we're avoiding the children and the children's issues by talking about race. And I kind of want to know a little more about what you what you meant by, meant by that, and how we're how we're how that how that misses, I guess, important issues in your mind. Well, well, I just think I go back to the emotion that that a conversation about race brings up in people and then the approach that some of these folks are, are using. So I, I'll give you an example. Um, just last Monday, I went to a, a meeting that was held by a group at Bernard Campbell Middle School. Uh, you go in, so the, the meeting was advertised as, you know, we're going to talk about inclusion and the equity and the achievement gap. Uh, when you walked in there, there was a lady who was facilitating it uh, who was just talking about race. In fact, she even uh, she she made a quote that white people need to be less white, and I I'm I'm I can't understand that in my mind. So I challenged her on that. Um, there was another lady, actually one of our school board members, were there, and she started to get into the conversation to actually talk about other issues that that bring up the achievement gap, and she got cut off and was told this conversation, this meeting is only about race. So it's it's a very forceful. Uh, type of conversation where <clears throat> they're telling you how you feel, what you may not know about yourself, and that uh, you need to be less than who you are, which I think is just the absolute wrong approach. Um, I, I go back to we need to have a conversation about racism in our community. Uh, but the bigger, uh, the bigger issue right now for me is that we have kids that are behind, and we need to provide some solutions and some tools to get them caught up. 
Okay, so let's let's talk about that. So obviously, this is a, a community focused group. Mm-hmm. Uh, this is you're you're not operating under the aegis of the school district, um, and and you're certainly not operating. Um, you don't have school members and the superintendent like right there in your group, and and right. which I think is a perfectly great way to go forward. Um, however, in order to get some of these solutions implemented, you're going to have to interface with the school district, with other sets of opinions, whatever comes out of your group um, to do that. So at the end of the day, um, you, 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 you have talked about creating solutions or creating um, things. How do you envision get working with the district and other community partners to implement those? Well, one of our, one of our, um, our, our thoughts is, or one of our, our, our decisions is that we're going to present, uh, in front of the school board. We're going to, we're going to reach out to them and ask them for a working session and share with them our research, share with them, uh, what some of the ideals that we've come up with and see how we can work together alongside them. So one of the ideals we have is creating these tutoring banks throughout the city and uh, talking to other churches and, and, and using our church as well, strategically placed in the city to where kids can come and they can get tutored for math, English, you know, reading, what have you, science. Um, and what we would do is we would work with the school district to find out exactly where these kids are lacking. Uh, we have people in the community who are willing to, uh, to, to tutor. We have retired teachers who are willing to tutor, retired teachers who were part of the Lee Summit School District. So we're not taking any resources out of the district because here's here's a fact. If you have a classroom and the majority of those kids in that classroom are where they need to be in terms of, you know, performing in school, and then you have some kids or one or two kids that are behind in that class, that kid is going to never get caught up because if you take away, if, if the teacher takes away from the kids who are already doing what they need to do, then that's going to set them back because if she focuses on the kids that are behind. So what we're trying to do is keep things moving forward, allow the teacher to be able to continue to do what she's doing with the students that she has, but then offer some other uh, alternatives. I'll give you an example. So for me, if one of my kids fall behind, I can afford tutoring. I can afford uh, online class to help get them caught up. But there are kids in this community that just cannot afford those things. So we want to provide these tutoring banks. Um, and what we're going to ask from the district is that they write a grant for transportation to get the kids to and fro. If they can't do that, then we're going to go to the business community and ask the business community to do it. This is one of the quickest way to get a kid that's lacking behind caught up is that they can get caught up after school uh, they don't have to have the embarrassment in class, um, and and I just think that it's something that we can empower the community to come together and do. That talks about about some of the you know, that you can't afford extra tutoring. We, right. How do we how do we as a community find ways to, to help the help those families? What you guys went over a lot of data, a yes. lot of research in your in your first community conversation. So what were some I guess some of the other areas? that you looked at where, where you see that maybe a community can come together and, and try to find ways to patch in? Well, well, I think definitely from uh, the tutoring standpoint, I mean, and I think that's the bigger one. Um, also, the community can come together and really, um, I won't say put pressure on the district, but really encourage the district to empower or put more uh, funding into the parents' as teachers program uh, because a lot of this equity issue or a lot of the achievement gap issue actually starts 
at, at, at an early, early age. By the time you get to high school, I mean, the, the odds are, I mean, you're, you're where you're at. But if you can get kids where they need to be at the beginning, uh, they're going to probably have more success. Uh, so we, we want to focus on uh, the tutoring. We want to focus on um, uh, empowering parents and helping mentor them, uh, especially a parent that's trying to manage a, a home, a single parent trying to manage a home and two jobs and kids uh, to try to provide some some um, some resources for them. I'll, I'll give you – okay, so our church is, is part of uh, what's called Partners in Education. It's through the school district. And our responsible school, the school that we're responsible for, is a school right down the road from us. It's called Metal, Metal Lane Elementary. Metal Lane Ele- Elementary is one of the most um, diverse schools that we have in our city. Uh, 537 students. Uh, over 80% of those students are with a single parent. Uh, so there's real economic, you know, social economic issues there. There's real uh, issues with uh, kids taking on way too many adult responsibilities. Um, just a couple of weeks ago, we went down for their career day and we were interviewing kids. Um, and several of the kids were talking about the things that they had to do at home. And homework wasn't one of them. They had to cook. They had to clean. They had to do laundry. They had to do adult duties. So um, when they come to school, that the schools they're out. That's where they, they all their friends are, and that's where they get all their their energy out. But at home, uh, they're taking on the responsibility of adults. So if we if we can change that, uh, if we can help, if we can help parents, if we can help uh, th- these kids, and that's going to put them in a better. Um, uh, way to be, you know, it's going to put them in a better position to be successful in school uh, than they are right now. It's just too many responsibilities, and and we're not even talking about if there's a troubled home, if there's depression, if there's divorce, if there's. I mean, those are added uh, onto the socioeconomic uh, uh, issues, which a kid will perform very poorly in school. Yeah, yeah. Another really critical issue, and it really ties into what Corey was talking about is uh, the issue of kids who transfer f- to Lee Summit from Kansas City School District, from Hickman Middle School District, and they come here behind. Well, all of a sudden, how do we, again, engage them at a place where they're at to bring them forward? Well, it's not in a dialogue about race. It's in about how do we get the academic tools into their hands to help them move forward. And if we do that, we give them a chance. If we simply talk about we stir up this idea again about racism as being the primary cause we've given really given an excuse yeah. you let people say well it's racism that's why at least someone isn't helping me <clears throat> excuse me no it's because you were in an inferior school district and when i say that that's my words not the school district's word uh an inferior school district that wasn't as equipped to, to teach you early on you got behind then you came to lee summit and you've had to face the reality of how far behind you were. And now our job as a community, and I know that's what Corey's heart is and the guys we're working with, it's like how do we get involved in that situation to help them move forward? And we get creative and think about some things. Uh, I worked with the Fellowship of Christian Athletes for about seven years in urban ministry and I was uh, with the Interscholastic League, Kansas City, Missouri School District. Uh, we did some things that Corey and I have talked about doing here in Lee Summit, which we take a six-week summer training program uh, that taught kids how to study and, and perform academically. And uh, we would deliberately take D and F students in the spring, work with them for six weeks during the summer, and without exception, we had A B students in the fall because you equip them and you give them the resources. Well, a classroom teacher doesn't have time to reach back ten years and help a kid come forward because again, they're working on a whole different plane. Now, in order for that teacher to make that adjustment, you're going to compromise every other student in the district. 
But if you get people involved with the community that care, that are compassionate, that really want to see people succeed and move forward, uh, then you have a chance to help a lot of people. And that's kind of where we're going as a group. Well, let's swing back to to the conversation, the community conversation that you had, and 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 I, I'm curious a little about your reactions about how you think that went, and then what you're what you're looking to next. What's what's what are some of the next steps for this group? Before before I say that, can I digress just a little bit? So, <laughs> Absolutely. So, so yeah, I, we'll bring you back to it. Yeah, we promise. I want I want to let you guys know that it's you know there's more to to this achievement gap than just the social economic and and the home and the and the the bias or unconscious bias. There's also a, a break in the process with our school district in terms of hiring. Um, we we part of our research we we look at all metropolitan school districts and and look at their hiring process. And their hiring process is totally different than Lee Summit, where Lee Summit's uh, hiring process allows the principals to have you know real loud voice in who gets hired and who doesn't get hired and that creates a problem and i and i don't think it's intentional i think it's just a a bias that we all have we hire people we know we hire people that we like we hire people that think and look and act and and and, you know just like us well that's a problem uh because when you have people who are coming in to to be interviewed one or two things have, have happened an addiction from what we've been told by one of the consultants that's responsible for going out and identifying candidates, minority candidates, uh, to the district. One or two things happen. He gets them to the interview, and either they don't get a call back for whatever reason, they're already qualified, you know, based off of what uh, the criteria of the school district has. They're already qualified. He interviews them. He suggests them, so he's referring them, so they come on a high referral rate, I mean, a high referral from uh, the person that's responsible for this, and one or two things happen. Either they don't get called back or they come back and say, hey, you know, I don't want to be a part of that because it seems like, you know, I wouldn't be a good fit. That's a problem. So we need to uh, – one of one of the things we're advocating is to take the hiring process out of the principal's hands and put it back into the HR hands because if it goes to HR, then they could do a much better job of screening and, and providing um, whatever they need to provide to someone who's qualified to be hired here. These same teachers who either didn't get a call back here or they said they didn't want to work in the district, no sooner they did that, they went to other districts and got hired immediately. Very good qualified teachers. So, you know, there's a, there's a break there. So we need, to, we need to fix that. We also saw some, some issues within the curriculum uh, that need to be changed. So we're not just advocating, you know, saying, hey, you know, it's a social economic and it's a, it's a home issue. We're going across the board. We're looking at every component that creates the achievement gap, and we're trying to create some solutions for it and some recommendations to the board for it. Uh, we also believe that there need there does need to be some sensitivity training as relates to different cultures. Um, you know, th- this is important, and I and I think once we get to that point, then that will open up that conversation that we can have about racism. I'll give you guys a classic example. We had this in our church. Uh, so we, we, we have a multicultural church, and we had a family that left the church, um, and they felt that there was racism in our church. So um, long story short, I talked to the congregation. We had a congregational meeting, and I shared exactly what was told to me. We had an incredible conversation about race because we all had we cultivated a relationship we all knew each other mainly, and then when this topic came up, no one took it personal. 
No one was labeled. No one was insulted. And we were able to have a really, really harmonious conversation uh, to where uh, it, it was even brought to me, you know, Pastor, we need to have this conversation at least once a quarter. So this can be done and done in a way um, that where everybody can benefit as opposed to uh, people just being labeled. So, Do you think maybe that's kind of a key to, to, to getting there? Because you've said a few times during this that, that, that we have to get there just we're not ready yet. Right. So do you think that's one of the keys is maybe to create smaller groups like this where where people can can know each other more and you can get through some of those those instant barriers we put up because I think you know you said it you said it earlier no one wants to be called a racist and we've we've seen that all around town but so is it is it imperative maybe that we create some of these smaller community in a community I, I think so I think so and you know here, here's the thing what I don't like to do is re- reinvent the wheel or recreate anything if something works we ought to go with it and and I can tell you just with our group um, our group is multicultural it's multiracial uh, the community solutions focus group and not all of us knew one another when we got this group together but the more we've worked together on these topics trying to find solutions for the achievement gap the more opportunity we've had to talk about race issues, to talk about our differences. For instance, one of the ladies who's a white lady that's part of our group, one of one of our examples is that she, she says she didn't see color. Well, we said, well, we're, we're not transparent. You know? <laughs> I was like, no, you see color, and it's okay to see color because this is what God made us. There's no one born uh, who decided what color they were going to be, and there's no one alive that can change their color. Uh, except for Michael Jackson, but he's not alive anymore. Um, <laughs> wow. And that was, a, that was a lot of medicine involved in that. There's, so. a, there's, there's a whole lot. Howard uh, Griffith, I'm just saying, let's throw that name out there. Yeah, yeah. So, <laughs> so you know, it's so we've, we've had opportunities to, to share experiences. We've had opportunities to, um, you know, correct the record, if, if, for lack of a better term. Uh, but we've only had those opportunities because – We've been working together. We've we've been developing and cultivating relationship, which opens us up to bigger and better opportunities in terms of conversation. And we what we want to do is scale that. We wanna we wanna we wanna do that for the community because I think the community uh, is ready for this type of conversation. But I think the approach absolutely matters. I think again, I'm gonna go back to your comment about uh, we're not transparent. And I, and I think the issue there was uh, her response at times is gonna be viewed, well, that's racist. Well, no, it's not. It's her purview on what's going on in the world around her. And the way he handled that was it's not a condemning point that you're kind of missing the mark here. It's just let's let me help you understand where I how my perspective is. I, I mean, I don't I, I don't walk around saying, well, there's a white guy, there's a black guy. I don't, we don't none of us do that. But there's reality. Some people have red hair. Some people have blonde hair. Some people have black hair. Some people have gray hair. Uh, we're all have. Uh, you don't you don't need colors. to bring up the gray man. Yeah. <laughs> I couldn't help it. It's he, all over. He wears me. it way better than we do. I'm just saying. <laughs> so, but but you've you've got a, a situation where. People can express themselves without being squelched. Uh, I, I substitute taught at Lee Summit North uh, last week on Friday, and I had three teachers come to me, and they'd seen the video and were like, thank you so much for basically being a voice for us, which was an odd thing to hear. Uh, but it's obvious that they – and they did it on the hush. It's like, well, just thank you so much. And it's like – what are you afraid of? So obviously there's an environment, and to me that's where the real challenge is for the education community, is you have teachers who are already, and we know this, are stressed to the, the nth degree. Uh, they've already been pushed really far in terms of the demand on, you, know, you got a classroom of 25 students and you're one teacher, you got to educate all, you got all these different backgrounds you're relate, trying to relate to. 
You had a curriculum that you're accounted to. Oh, and oh, by the way, you have to be yourself to do your job the best of your ability. Uh, and when they're all of a sudden thrown your, the racist bone, and when they say, I'm not racist, somebody says, yes, you are. It's like, whoa, wait a minute. We just really violated something very personal here. We told somebody they don't know who they are. We know better who they are than they do. That doesn't work in human relationships when you want to go forward. Uh, so, you know, having that environment where everybody has a voice is one of the first things we have to do is allow people to, to communicate. Here's who I am and be credible and be respected for who you say you are. And then we go from there. All right. So now we're going to circle back to the question we actually question. asked you yeah. about what what your what you feel like the outcomes were of this meeting. And then where do you where do you see it going from there? Hey, you know, I, I thought uh, the meeting was very, very successful. Um, we, we obviously wanted more people in the building. But one of the things we did, we we Facebook live uh, the whole program and we had we have over 2000 views. Of, of that video. So we view that as successful. The other part of success that we view is that we have multiple people from the community uh, who want to become part of our group and, and help work through these solutions. Um, so actually we have a meeting tonight where we're going to be sitting down and, and, and kind of uh, laying what that looks like uh, out on paper so that when we get people in, we can put them in the right position, but I, I thought it was very successful. Well, and I think that that's, that's my next question because a lot of things we've talked about today are, are honestly very 30,000 foot. Mm -hmm. So how do you, how do you then with this, this open community group, how do you get to a point where you're kind of delving in and really digging into some things? You, because we brought up some, some big issues here. Yeah. You know, socioeconomics is not small. No. Racism, not small. No. Single parent living not, not small. small. I mean, it's these are Titanic, all right. Man. I mean, these yeah, are yeah. these are all big, big things. Yeah, you're trying to save the world on like six fronts at one time. That's pretty tough, right? So, well, so, well, so what is? So, so we need your help. Yeah. So, <laughs> I, guess, I guess my question is how how do you or or are you still working on it? Kind of how are you going to facilitate maybe maybe some smaller groups within that can di really dig in and right. and have these conversations and then maybe get to a point where there are some solutions that can be shared. Right, right. So and that's what we're going to start doing tonight. So we're going to put together um, a schedule so where we have these think tanks and in these think tanks we're going to be bringing uh, different people from the community who want to be involved with sp specific things. So maybe we'll have a think tank around the tutoring program. Maybe we'll have a think tank around the mentoring program for parents. And then we, well, we're going to assign each member of our group to a think tank. And then so we'll, because here's the thing, we, we don't think we know it all. Um, we, we actually want to hear from the community. We want ideas from the community. And the only way you can do that is to hold a forum to where the community can come and share those ideas. Now, it can't be too big, so we have to do it, you know, in small increments. So tonight, uh, you know, we're, we're going to organize that and then put some timelines together. And then all the people who have signed up and wanted to be a part of our group or, or, or want to be a part of our Facebook group, we're going to send out invites uh, for them to come be a part of what we're doing. Well, and that, that brings me to my next question. Is this just a Facebook group? Do you have a website? How can people find you? How can people tell you that they want to get involved? Right now, it's a Facebook group. Um, we are in the process of uh, putting together a website. Uh, we're, in, we're in the process of a lot of things because, you know, this, this is actually taking on um, a, a life of itself. You know, when we first uh, came together, we wanted to address the issue and we wanted to provide some um, some possible solutions uh, but we had no idea that we were going to have over 2,000 people uh, with interest in what we're doing. And we do. We have over 2,000 people with interest in what we're doing. So what we've got to do is come back 
um, and then do this right because we don't want to lose the interest. We don't want to lose momentum, uh, but we definitely need to be and want to be organized uh, so that when people are coming in, they're actually attaching to something uh, to where they can share their ideas and get involved. All right. So they should look for you on Facebook. And what's that? Is that called Community Solutions Focus Group? Or yes. What's... Yes. Community Solutions Focus Group. All right. So they'll search for that on on the Facebook to, to find you and find out what you guys are doing. Corey and Ron, thank you guys for taking time out to come and tell us about this, uh, I hope, very successful initiative as we move forward. Uh, uh, it's our pleasure. And, you know, we got to do it again. So you guys need to follow up and, and hold us accountable. Uh, to what we're saying about what we want to do. You're giving community. you're giving away our secret second part of the plan. <laughs> <laughs> oh, thank challenge. you, thank you guys for coming on today. Right, Thanks thank for, you having for having us. All right. Today's episode is brought to you by Shred KC. Jason, I'm not sure there is a more surprising or a better choice for people like me, and and I'm going to lump you in. People like you and me. Not fair enough. Who want to change our lifestyle. Who want to get healthy. There's really not a better, more supportive place to go to. Honestly, a place called Shred, kind of. It, honestly, at first leg, it would be pretty intimidating. And then you meet uh, the people who work there. And they're, well, they're already they're already fit. I'll put it that way. And, uh, and you could be, just on appearances alone, be put off by all of that. But... But you meet Ryan Waters, the owner. You meet the people that he surrounded himself with in that gym. And you find out that they're, they are there to really help you meet your goals, to help you figure out what your goals should be so they're realistic goals, and then how to get there. And they motivate you. They support you. They understand. Here's the big thing I like. Not only do they say that, that it's okay to have a cheat meal once you've earned them, but they recommend it. Because they know you can't deny yourself of everything forever. Look, a, man, so a man's got to have buffalo the, wings. A man, a man got to have his wings. Of course, you know now Ryan's probably going to get mad at me for saying that. But they will support you. They get you there. It's really it's it's been a cool place. I'm over thirty pounds lost in the first five months of the of the year, so I'm a happy guy. Yeah, and you know that that is the that is the core story. You feel better. You look better. You, you, things are good for you. You're on that goal, on that path to your goal, and and that's what we want. So if you're ready to change your lifestyle to get healthy, go see our friends at Shred KC in downtown Lee Summit. Tell them Jason and Nick sent you. You have been listening to Lee Summit Town Hall, a link to Lee Summit podcast with hosts Nick Parker and Jason Norberry. A proud member of the Fredcast Network, you can subscribe to this podcast on most of your favorite podcast apps and catch us every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday for all the news, analysis, and conversations on the Lee Summit community. Connect with us on Facebook at Link2LeeSummit or on Twitter at LS Town Hall.